This episode is supported by Sean Enman from coldfeedstudios.com, who is currently advising product makers like us and Paul McCall from startupresources.io, which is a website filled with collections of tools that cover every aspect of your new and growing business. More about both of them later during the show. Hi everyone, this is Val Sopi. And this is Bootstrapping SaaS. In this podcast, I share my journey to 10K in recurring revenue with Claritask.com. Hi everyone, this is episode 21. And um, this is actually one of those episodes where I interview someone and uh, we... I wasn't planning on this, but uh, Corey Gwynn, who is an online friend of mine, who runs Blurt App, which is a writing app you've probably come across. Um, we've been chatting back and forth for quite a while and uh, finally decided to sit down and just have a talk about bootstrapping and what we're doing and our products and our way forward, and lessons we're learning, etc. And once we were done, we recorded it just in case, just to have it. And then once we were done, uh, we decided to publish it because there were a lot of things that um, could be beneficial to a lot of listeners and our friends. Uh, something you know that we don't get to talk a lot about, like is bootstrapping good? Is it for us? Is investment bad? Uh, but what are better ways to run a product? Our obstacles, challenges. And uh, speaking to Corey, who is very thoughtful and intellectual in every little aspect of, of what we do, uh, he got me thinking a lot about a lot of things, you know, as, as a bootstrapper. Um, you know, he just is his sort of thoughts and the back and forth with him uh, sort of got me thinking about a lot of things about what I'm doing with Claritask and how I want to go about um, you know, moving forward and things and options that I can, I can do, uh, with my product. Uh, so without trying to explain any of it, I think it's best if you just listen to what we talked about. Uh, Louis Nichols, he showed it to me how to do it, but I don't know how, oh, wait, okay. I think this is it. It records like or Lewis. Yeah, it's Louis. Wow, isn't that great? You see these names on Twitter all the time, and then you know they're like, yeah, it's always weird. Well, luckily, uh, before I spoke to him, I had uh, actually um, uh, listened to a podcast that he was hosting. I think that's how I knew (laughs) because otherwise, I would have said Louis. Yeah, yeah, it's Louis. How do you how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, (laughs) A lot of people pronounce it like Soapy. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah, soap that's how i that's how yeah. i think it um it's soapy so it's like a oh like so soap soapy oh, very okay. very quick yep. yeah. um so how's it going man it's good uh are we we're recording right we're good. yeah we are man okay, this cool. is gonna be like on prime time tv and everything yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh i'm good i'm uh what is today it's thursday and the week has like flown by okay so you know how it is. I, it's all a blur every week. Yeah, and it's uh, what is it? Ten a.m. your time? Yep. Yeah. What is uh, it there? Uh, it's seven, seven twelve, man. P.M. Okay. So it's okay. night here. I'm almost done with the day. It's been a crazy day. Just had a few meetings, uh, some consultancy work I'm doing, and then back to Clarity Task. So. Okay. 
how do you split up your time? How are the contracts set up for you to do that? Uh, well, it's a pretty good setup actually. So I have, um, I'm billing hourly. Um, okay. that's what I've been doing for the past three projects and it's working out amazingly great. Um, okay. before I used to do a fixed price sort of on value yep. that I'm giving to the client, yep. but I would get really pissed off if they came back with like changes. Yeah. Like, Oh man, we did this. You're like, we don't have to do this again. So, um, now it's perfect because if they come up with a change, I'm like, Hey, we'll do whatever you want. You know, we can so, take it. Yeah. Uh, cool. So in that sense, that's working. I'm trying to split my time half and half. So like I'll start working on client work uh, for the first part of the day. And then I will, um, uh, I will go to lunch and then come back and then try to work on Claire task. It doesn't okay. work every day like that. Like it doesn't work out. Uh, sometimes I'm like uh, trying to solve a problem on client work. So if I've spent a day or two straight on client work, then I'll, uh, the third day I'll focus on Claire task completely. It's not, it's not the ideal situation. Like I don't, I don't really like it. Um, but one thing that is happening is that, uh, as I'm working on client work, I'm sort of, um, thinking about Claire task a lot and like just trying to like sort of filter thoughts and ideas yep. that I have about it. So that's, I guess like a benefit of all this setup. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I'm, I'm going through kind of a similar experience where like, um, yeah, I, have, I, have, I do, I figured out how to do consulting. So like part of my journey this year has been figuring out how to do that, right? Like how to write, how to set up a contract, how to find a client, how to keep them happy, how much time to work, mm -hmm. this billing stuff, right? Like, is it hourly? Is it project? Um, and then also, yes, the hard part is like balancing that with what I actually want to be doing, which is, you know, building a product. Um, and it's not easy. Um, where I've ended up myself is I'm, I have one client right now. I've set the contract up. So we're kind of like monthly. And okay. I found, I'm sure you've heard of this. There, there was like this discussion like a year or two ago about value-based pricing right. for mm -hmm. like freelancing consulting. Um, so it's kind of like a retainer is the way I've set it up with the client. So it's kind of like, I tell him I've dedicated Monday and Tuesdays to your project and two hours or however many hours floating outside of that. So if you need me for other things, I'll be available, but you can always count on me to be working on. So like, it's kind of nice because the client like expects that we're going to make progress on Monday and Tuesday. Those are the okay. Days. That's a good and setup. Then, yeah. yeah. Yep. And then that opens it up for me to spend the rest of the week kind of like on my own stuff. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. there is that struggle where, like you were saying, like when they ask me to do more things yeah. of like, it inevitably sneaks up. Um, so I guess it's, it's really about the relationship. I think that's one thing always people forget about, like, you can't just bill people hourly. Like it kind of depends on the client, like the relationship, mm -hmm. right? Cause some people that bill you hourly, what ends up happening is they demand you do things quicker. Right. Um, yeah, maybe sometimes if it's, I guess if it's not, if it, if it is the right relationship, it works out great. But if you have the type of client who they're like, you know, trying to look at every minute that you're spending on their right. you know, sort of project. Exactly. So yeah, I yes, can see exactly. that happening. Um, so, and then another thing that's kind of been helpful for me is like, this like, uh, there's this great book I read. It's called ignore everybody. <laughs> okay. Um, the author is Hugh McLeod. Um, and it's a, it's a really short read. It's super great. I loved it. Um, but he has this, I think Justin's actually talked about it because it's funny when I, Justin Jackson, um, right. who I know we both interact with a lot. He, uh, 
Hugh McLeod um, has this theory called sex and cash theory. And mm-hmm. it's, it's basically you have your like professional job. So like all of us, like if you're like, I shoot photography, you want to go shoot like beautiful scenery all the time. Right. Uh, and some people are lucky enough to get paid to do that professionally, but that's really hard to do. Most of the time you got to do like weddings. You got to do like, you got to do what gets you paid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so there's actually like this healthy balance of like having the two things in your life because it helps mm-hmm. you appreciate the like art side of stuff. So I kind of look at it right now as like, I need it because it pays the bills, like the consulting, mm-hmm. um, but it also motivates me to like figure out how to get the like art side up off the ground, which is our products that we're trying to build. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. I don't know. Like well, sometimes I like it that I have this time away from the product. It's really yep. weird. You know, I get to like reflect because if I'm working constantly on my product, um, I might go too fast and like make mistakes and release features yep. that are not needed. However, with all that said, uh, one thing that I'm missing right now is that uh, when I was working on Claritas constantly, uh, even like eating at home or like watching TV or taking a shower, like my mind is constantly like churning something relating to some idea that I have. And right now I don't have that, you know, like working on client work is completely like taking me away from it. In a sense, it's good, but I honestly, I can't wait to get back to like really be <laughs> on the product again because I have the, the users that I have right now, it's, you know, they're asking for stuff and up to now they're used to me responding and saying, Hey, you know, like in a month or so, I'm going to release this upgrade and etc. Yep. And now it's like total static. Like I have, I'm talking to them today. I interviewed one of the clients that is a paid client. They have like about 10, 15 people on, on the app. And it was a really refreshing, but I couldn't talk about any features that are coming up. You know, it's like, yeah. like yeah, oh thanks. man, like I feel like, you know, it's like I'm shutting down the product, which is not the case, but you know, not being on it, it's that. But um, yeah, I yeah, mean, no, I, I, I relate yeah. with Blurt for sure. I, I have similar problems with that too. Yeah. yeah so where's, where's Blurt right now? Like what's happening? <laughs> Here's my first yeah. question. <laughs> yeah, Shooting yeah. straight, man. I love it. Um, that's a great question. So I, and by the way, I totally relate. It sucks. Like, uh, one thing I've learned is like, I try to not promise anything or even say like, Oh yeah, this feature is coming. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a tendency to do that. I still do it. Like if people will be like, um, you should do this. And I'll be like, okay, I'll see what I can do. Right. It's kind of like the response I'll say. Um, but yeah. So anyways, um, blurt is like a year old. I'm actually in the process of writing, uh, like a year update post. Um, about like all I've learned. Um, I'm struggling with it in a lot of ways because of all I've learned, all I've learned about like bootstrapping a business. Uh, and that doesn't mean I'm like giving up on blurt, but, um, I've realized it's kind of like this beast of a project and it doesn't have a lot of value, but I think it's a very difficult, uh, product to build as a bootstrapper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the reason that is, is cause it's kind of consumer focused, uh, first off. And I mean, I've been talking about this on Twitter. Like you kind of have to be realistic about the type of business you want to build, especially if you're bootstrapping. Right. Mm-hmm. So what's your business model? And at first I was charging $5 a month. And so $5 to get to $2,000 a month, let's say is what is that? 2000 times five. I mean, I would, I would need to get quite a number of users to get, let's mm-hmm. say a satisfying my girlfriend's uh, status. Is it, is it 400? Well, let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 400. There you go. It's gotta be right. Yep. 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 
And yeah, it's a lot, now, a lot of clients. Well, that's funny, right? Cause like as, as a, I remember when I started, I was like, Oh, 400 people, that's nothing. <laughs> um, yeah. And it depends on your product, mm -hmm. but Blurt's kind of like, uh, this is a, like a separate problem. It's an aspirational product. So mm -hmm. a, first off, like the business model is kind of tough for consumers. And so one thing I've learned over the last year is like for bootstrappers, it's probably smarter to target a product you can build that charges that let's say $15 plus a month. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if that could be a consumer product, but the problem with consumers is that they are more finicky, I would mm -hmm. say not everybody. There's definitely like a good support. Um, but business businesses are usually a better target because they have money to spend and they have more poignant problems, right? Like it's a more well-defined problem. Um, so, um, that's kind of where I've arrived. So I actually upgraded the price to $15 a month on Blurt. Uh, mm -hmm. my thinking is if it's not something people want to pay $15 a month for, then I need to figure out how to make it something that's worth mm -hmm. $15 a month. <laughs> well, yeah, it's um, a good way to think about it. Yeah. Yep. And so it's kind of working. Uh, like people are still signing up, which is great. Like mm -hmm. I kind of stopped doing feature development on Blurt back in March. So it's mostly been just like customer support, fixing bugs. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, there's a lot of work that I would love to do like feature wise. Um, the big thing I need to do is just like rock the boat. Like if I actually wanted to spend time on it, I need to either go towards a B2B solution, right? Like thinking more B2B. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing I've been doing is like trying to niche down on a more specific audience. Cause when I first built blurt, it was like the writing tool for everybody. And that makes it really hard for like new consumers to be like, well, like how do I use this thing? Mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so anyways, yeah, I'm writing this year update post. There's a lot going on there. Um, and the, the biggest problem really though for Blurt right now, especially as a bootstrapper, is it's what I'm calling an aspirational product. Yeah, what and do you mean I by think, that exactly? Yeah, so um, I think most products are aspirational products in that they do something for us that we want to do, like we aspire mm -hmm. to get done. Mm -hmm. But um, Blurt, is for helping you write, right? Like write regularly, improve your writing. And it's more like a, um, it's more like something you should do without Blurt. You don't necessarily need Blurt to write mm -hmm. more. Okay. Right? Okay. Um, and in fact, if Blurt is actually really helping you write, you probably don't even need Blurt in the first place. Like some of my, let's say if you're a really regular writer, mm -hmm. <laughs> you really don't even need Blurt. Um, well, you don't need Moleskine either, you know? But that's I, true you know but i buy it and i like writing in it yeah i don't know that's true yeah yeah so uh it's it's something that i need to better sell to people probably about like mm -hmm. the process of like the benefits of why you should be writing regularly and how to get in it and so where i've kind of arrived is like i want to turn blurt more into a coach like i'm thinking like a mm -hmm. duolingo like a duolingo for writing is kind of what i would like to do um, okay. so like, it like keeps track of how frequently you're writing. Maybe you even level it up, like gamify the writing mm -hmm. process. Right, 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 right. Making it a little more fun. Um, and it's, I think I was actually talking to a buddy about what I meant by aspirational product. And what I meant by that is it's something you should do. Writing is something you should do. It's not mm -hmm. something you must do. Um, and that's kind of what makes it, uh, difficult. So it's for, it's for like a disciplined person.
And is it like for uh, for a certain group? Is it like a bigger group uh, using it? Like writers? Is it bloggers? Yeah. So because of my audience, most of the people that use Blurt are like uh, entrepreneurial in their thinking, right? Mm -hmm. So they're people that know that they benefit from writing. So there's like, I have like small, medium business owners. So like people that own agencies use it to write. Mm -hmm. um, there are a few students um, that use it. I had a student plan at one time. So people in colleges are like mm -hmm. using it to write like their essays. Um, and then it's like the other group is like people that write newsletters and blog posts. So people that are like trying to regularly write mm -hmm. just for their own audience growth and things of that sort. So that's where I've had the most, uh, let's say, resonating uh, opportunity purely just because that's my audience. Like that's the people I could mm -hmm. reach out to when I built Blurt. But I don't know if that's necessarily the right audience. Um, like probably what makes the most sense is like people that are trying to write books people that are like, yeah. like college students, right? Like that is like a no brainer. That's where, that's where those people would get a lot of value out of alert. Right. So, right yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's actually, and actually November is a big month for writers, like traditional writers, like books mm -hmm. and stuff. It's called NaNoWriMo. It's like a okay. month, month long writing competition. So okay. I'm kind of hustling right now to uh, reposition the landing page to capture that group. Mm -hmm. That's kind of, kind of my current um current plan so yeah <laughs> yeah that's what um, i was gonna say actually like somebody maybe that has that as a profession it's probably like a better bet i mean that's what i would go for yep yep but they don't have money i don't know if they, they have, you know that's the audience like who said the other yep. day like you don't you don't make a product for mus musicians because they have no money so you know exactly yep and same with students right like that's what i told yeah. a lot of people when i built Blurt initially so that's yeah. kind of why I targeted this audience of like entrepreneurs because I'm one, I kind of built blurt for myself because I wanted mm -hmm. to write more. I've always looked up to people like Justin and uh, you know, Paul Graham, like these bigger doc, you know, bigger people that have like written a lot of like profound things. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was trying to figure out a tool for myself to help me do that. And also in the process, I did a lot of interviews for the podcast that I was doing for blur at one time. And just learning about why people write and the value that people get out of it. And I still fully believe like it's something everybody should be doing. It helps you sort out your thoughts. It helps mm -hmm. you think it helps you. And, and then too, by sharing your thoughts, you, you start to understand the value of your own thinking, right? Like when you mm -hmm. share something, your own perspective, your own, you start to realize, Oh, people find this interesting. I should continue to go down this road. Um, and it's opened the door to relationships. Like I haven't done a ton of writing and I haven't had any like massive, we hit, you know, articles or anything, but it certainly helped me without a doubt, just in like interacting with people. So, yeah, yeah. that's and why, why writing is it? Is it because you like it? Like you said, like, why, why didn't you do some other product? Like why not no project um, management or something? Yeah, that's it? a good question. Yeah. So I don't, I'm writing all this in my year update post. I know I'm kind of rambling about all this stuff because I'm trying to sort it out, but um, no, it's really pretty clear to me. I mean, I don't know about, you know, if, if we publish this recording, if people can relate, but I can totally relate even yeah. if it's a different product, you know, a quick break for one of my supporters, uh, Sean from coldfeedstudios.com is currently advising product makers like us. If you're weighing your options as you try to overcome an obstacle in your startup, Sean is the person you want to speak to and just reflect free for 30 minutes. Sean is curious about bootstrappers like us and wants to help because he's a bootstrapper too. Go to coldfeedstudios.com to sign up for a free 30-minute talk with Sean. So, so here's why. Here's why I did writing. 
and I, I'm writing about this in my year update post, I, I'm kind of giving the whole backstory of how I even got to Blurt in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and Blurt, I, you know, I actually had a product I built like three or four years ago called BlindWrite. And that was kind of like the MVP, let's say, of Blurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and what BlindWrite did is it, and I had like a few hundred people a week using that at one time because blogs oh, yeah. picked it up. And I wasn't charging for it. It was just like a, it was, it was a Heroku app. <laughs> okay. Um, and what it was is it, it said, what do you want to write about? You type the title in or your topic. It said, how long do you want to write for? And then when you hit start, it blurred your writing. And so that's a feature that's inside of uh, Blurt today. It's like this blurring. So you can't mm-hmm. see what you're writing as you type it. And then when the timer's over, it shows you what you wrote. And um, that was kind of like the you know starting point for Blurt. And so when, so last year, I was working at the startup for like almost seven years and I was like, you know what? I need to be a founder now. Like I was a product manager and I've always kind of wanted, I was a entrepreneur my whole life. I've always been interested in tech. I've been tinkering mm-hmm. on all these side projects. And so because Blurt had the most traction, let's say, I felt like that was a good starting point for me. And Blurt was just kind of like the next iteration of Blind Bright. Um, so I have, and, I, and I'm passionate about writing again. Like it's something that I find a lot of value in. I, I love, I'm very like, intellectual and my Mm -hmm. thinking. So like there's this tempting, I I love like the productivity side of software as well. So it just felt like the right place for me to go. And I looked at Blurt as kind of like a vehicle. It was like a way for me to start my entrepreneurial journey. I didn't know if it would be the thing that changed the world or got me to where I wanted to be, but I knew that it was like a way for me to like start heading into this bootstrapping startup Mm -hmm. on my own world. Um, and, and I've learned a ton, like, as we've been talking about, I mean, that's not even all the lessons. I mean, part of my struggle with Blurt has been that I've needed to understand all of this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been very fortunate that it was like well-received clearly there's like some traction interest in Blurt just from like the way it looks and the way, what it does today. Um, but I'm also learning like a lot about marketing and building a reasonable business model for like a bootstrapper and just a lot of problems and things that I had never really considered when I first built Blurt. Right. You know? Right. 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 So, um, so yeah, so it's been a long journey. So I'm not like giving up on Blurt by any means. I'm just kind of like, um, it's been incubating. It's been stewing in my mind. Right. Um, and there are other shiny objects, let's say like other projects I want to go work on. Um, namely just because I feel like Blurt's just kind of this like massive beast of the software project that I built. And, uh, one thing I've been learning a lot about is just like, Justin's been talking a lot about this too. It's like, um, it's, it's a lot easier to build something that people know they want and need <laughs> immediately right. mm-hmm. comprehend. And that it has like a business model that's like, uh, so there's that a, and then B, it should have a business model that's going to allow you to get to, let's say that like $2,000 a month that I'm looking mm-hmm. for right now. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. That's where I'm at in my entrepreneurial uh, endeavors. Yeah. No, it's interesting that you, you know, you started with a writing app and then you came back with another app in writing and it's sort of, you know, like looking back, um, when I started this sort of thing of making apps, like I've been always doing project management tools. And uh, part of the reason is that I had a, a company, I had a small studio uh, with uh, tops, I think five developers. So I used to like manage and try to find ways to like optimize the way we work and the way we talk and not say yep. more than we need to, etc. So that sort of led me to it while everybody was saying, hey, 
why do another project management app? And I'm like, because I huh. love it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, so I, dude, yeah. I totally, that's awesome. It kind of reminds me of Basecamp almost in a way too, yeah. where like you're, you're kind of like a Basecamp in the sense of like, um, I fully believe, like, I think this is a misconception. I was talking about this on Twitter that mm-hmm. um, like there's room for like 50 Facebooks, right? Sure. Like yeah. there doesn't need to be just one Twitter. There can be also like mm-hmm. whatever, for some other community or people, right? And as a as like a maker or bootstrapper, that's like, you know, trying to make something happen, mm-hmm. there's room for you. You don't, just because somebody else has done it, your unique perspective, your own understanding can uh, maybe be of value to other people out there. And so you shouldn't like right. limit yourself. So, I mean, obviously you need to have some unique value. Mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta be competitive, um, but, yeah, that's yeah. cool for you. So, like, I feel like with Claritask, you 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 were figuring out a way to get th- things done, and so that helped you have like your own perspective on how to go about doing that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I've used all these other apps, you know. And I was like, as I was using them, I was like, oh man, why they do this way, or why they why do they right. have this feature, you know? Like, I used to yep. be a Basecamp user, and uh, I would talk to their support, and they would be like, oh, just they would they would brush me off like they do, you know? Like, oh yeah, yeah you know, we're thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? I'll just do mine. Yeah. 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 So, and that's another thing too. Like I was, I, 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 so there's an indie hacker group here in San Diego. We just met up on Monday and that was one thing I was talking about how, um, two ideas, like you and I could start Mm -hmm. both, let's say with project management and we both have like the same idea, like we're going to build this app that helps you get things done in a week or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. So like get things done in a week app. But then when we start building it, your audience, you're going to attract people from your exactly. world and I'm going to attract people from this world. And then that's going to take us in totally different directions. And in like a month or two, one of us will be dead or I don't know, like sure. different things happen. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it, it's all that matters is your first customer. And then mm-hmm. once you get that person, they kind of tell you what you need to go do or, or your audience, right? Your market, the mm-hmm. people you can reach. And so everybody will have different outcomes. Um, no, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what that's probably what Basecamp was doing, right? Like they're like, "Hey, we appreciate your feedback, mm-hmm. but like we've got like, you know, a few hundred. That's why that's yeah. why it's cool when you're a bootstrapper because you could people do really appreciate when you're able to like be very attentive to their uh their needs." Yeah, I guess you're more excited. Um, you know, I was thinking uh I I actually I think I retweeted someone's tweet about this. I can't really find it. I don't want to look down on my thread, but it was something along the lines that you know, maybe this sort of mentality of revenue first, mm. maybe it's hurting us. And uh, what do I mean by that? Um, I think sometimes the relationship is focused so much on getting to that MRR that we need and mm. sort of ultra attentive to the client and maybe are not doing enough justice to making the product what it should be. I'm trying to like sort of clarify what I'm thinking about this. But let's say you had like a backing, a VC backing or whatever of millions, and then you don't charge for your product, anything. And your sole goal is to have a product that replaces Slack and Dropbox and Basecamp and is this sort of hub or like a platform where you get a lot of things done. And maybe it's AI, maybe you manage your people with, uh, through voice or something, I don't know, but you have sort of that, that, um, that ability to chase those goals, given right. your, your investor is like understanding and supports you in every way. Yep. 
Yep. So, you know, sometimes I'm thinking, you know, like, yeah, we're doing this bootstrapping thing and it's really good, but are we doing enough? You know, like what if we found a good investor who aligns with our beliefs, which yep. is, I mean, which is sort of like a pipe dream, but let's say we find somebody who like really says, Hey, Corey, <laughs> man, I don't care what you do with Blurt. I know you're, you're on it. I know you love writing. I know you're going to do something great. Let's talk in a year. Here's $10 million. Yep. And then you Dude, fly. So, right. Yep. So, you know, I don't know. I, so, okay. <laughs> this, this is a awesome topic because I'm probably about to talk about it. Um, yeah. I, so I, I don't want to sound egotistical or anything, but I, if someone, if I could raise money on Blurt, let's say, mm -hmm. I have no doubt I could build a solid writing application, mobile, right. uh, mobile desktop app. It would have all these unique features. It would be designed very clean uh, for long form writing to help. It would become this Duolingo of writing, right? right? Like if I could raise money, I have no doubt. Now, that sounds that's that's all a pipe dream in a lot of ways, right? Because mm -hmm. um, that's just not how the world works. <laughs> uh, people, venture capital is to invest in things that are investable. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've had some interesting experiences. Like, so I actually talked to a venture capitalist here in uh, San Diego because, um, at the end of the year, Blurt was nominated as a, a product hunt, uh, life hack product of the oh, year okay. or something. And so it, it kind of got some recognition. And I think one of the venture firms here in San Diego was just like, Hey, how come we don't know about this guy? Um, and so I went and talked to him, one of the, one of the partners and I made a pitch deck and everything. And, uh, I wasn't. I actually didn't have an ask. I wasn't like, give me money. It was just right. kind of like, Hey, here, here's who I am. Here's what I'm doing. This is what blurt is. Like, are you, you know, and at the end I asked him it was very naive of me. How did I do? <laughs> and, I mean, well, uh, yeah. And I do and that he was very, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it was, it was, you know, but I, I had read that was like a smart thing to do or whatever. But anyways, um, he basically told me and he was very nice that, uh, venture capitalists are looking to get their money back. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so all that money that goes into a fund and I don't care how nice that VC is, right. Mm -hmm. Like however well-intentioned, um, at the end of the day, like that firm has to stay afloat. They're looking for ways to get their money back. Sure. Um, yeah. and so that causes that's not to say that, like, I think, for example, Ryan Hoover is very interesting, like with weekend fund. I think mm -hmm. he's actually, you know, he's very well intentioned. He's looking for really cool projects. He's looking for diversity. He's, um, but still a lot of these, like if he doesn't return on his companies, I mean, mm -hmm. his funds over, you know? Um, so that's kind of changed my thinking as a bootstrapper as well, where it's like, you basically either need to build something that's investable and attractive to venture right. capitalists or, which is what I'm more inclined to do is organically build something that's of value to the world that generates the business model that mm -hmm. allows you to um, continue. Yeah. So it's, and that's kind of a bummer. Right. And so mm -hmm. I, I really feel what you're saying is true. Like, man, it sucks that we're like hunting for money. A quick break for one of my supporters, startupresources.io run by Paul McCalf is a curated list of the best tools you need for getting your startup off the ground. Startup Resources has a popular weekly newsletter where more than 3,000 entrepreneurs and makers get the newsletter on a weekly basis. Paul regularly receives comments like this one from last week. 
where it says this is one of my favorite newsletters i always get something out of it and i really thank you for the work you put in go to startupresources.io to sign up for free but yeah you know and maybe yeah. that's hurting us i don't know i mean if we had this unlimited sort of resources to make something great, you know, like what's the problem with that? You know, sometimes I think we're so hooked up in this bootstrapper sort of mentality that we might, um, I don't know, we could build something maybe great if we were a little bit more open, you know, we're trying, I'm not so judging right myself right now, <laughs> but let's say, you know, let's say Task has this potential to be an amazing project management workflow product. And then um, because I don't want to take on responsibility and pressure from investors i'm sort of shying away from it i'm like yeah you know maybe the world could have this great product and here am i like no not wanting to take any investment i don't know it's just no. some of the things that cross my mind well i'm not so yeah i agree i love this is a great discussion it really is like a um and i'm not opposed to venture capital whatsoever right. like if i boot, if i bootstrap a business and i could throw gas on the fire. So like mm -hmm, I build this product mm -hmm. that's like super popular for like some odd, like Blurt. Blurt becomes a super awesome writing tool for book writers. Mm -hmm. And people are like, let's grow this thing. Let's put some money in there, market the shit out of it, build the features that you need. Sure. Why right. would I not do that? I mean, that, you know, bringing more, helping more people write around the world or something. I mean, that would be an awesome mm -hmm. mission. Um, but the irony is, is like in order to raise that money, you need to build something that's worth investing in. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I totally agree. Totally agree with that. Um, yeah. No, this is a great. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know where other people stand because a lot of people ask, you know, like, you know, the bootstrapping life is great and it's not all the time, you yeah. know, because it's really tough. It's your own money. Uh, but yeah, I'm, like you said, you know, I'm not opposed to it. Uh, if there was a good opportunity with an investor that sort of believed in my product and our values aligned and all these other romantic things, you know, that come to mind. Yeah then yes, but yeah, but I, I don't know if I'm built for the pressure that comes with it, you know, like uh, now you have to do it, you know, I don't so know. That's, that's another, that's another topic yeah. that we talk, I talk about a lot with uh, a buddy here that's trying to do the bootstrapping thing. And uh, you know, one of the beautiful things, uh, let's say beautiful, the, one of the pros of venture capital is that you get super motivated once you raise a ton of money because now you're like, yeah. uh, there's a lot of pressure, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're, a boot, when you're a bootstrapper, I mean, your survival is kind of like motivating you, but like mm -hmm. when your reputation, this like big raise of money in this company, like there's some kind of fire under your ass when that happens right. that, mm -hmm. that a bootstrapper doesn't feel. So in a lot of ways, what you have to figure out as a bootstrapper is what's gonna motivate you in that same way to go change the world or to mm -hmm. do the work right that would be like that if you had venture capital behind you right 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 i don't know it's, it opens up a lot of questions man like in one way you know i notice myself i'm doing this client work and at times um i'm more disciplined because i have to deliver yep. you know it's yep. just weird and i'm like why am i not like that with clay task you know i'm, I'm disciplined <laughs> but I so don't here's know. what i think it is Here's what mm. I think it is. Are, so you're you're alone on Claritask. It's just you. Yep. So mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, so, solo. Yeah. So this is something I've been talking about as well, which is, I. So this is really funny. You'll like this. I think you need a co-founder, and I think mm -hmm. I think why that is. Here's why. Co here's why you need a co-founder. It's not just because you can get more done or potentially get more done. Um, 
and and finding a co-founder is also very romantic in a, a lot of ways as well, sure. right? Because mm-hmm. it takes a lot of work. Ro- not romance, but like. No, I know. I hear you. There's a there's a fallacy in the belief of like that it's just so easy to find a co-founder, right? Right. It's a lot. But the reason you need the co-founder is because because of what you just said. You'll be less right. likely to waste somebody else's time mm-hmm. when you when you so when it's you on your own. You're like, eh, I'll just go tinker on this new feature for a little bit because it's right. just me and so what? And and you know what? I know it might be costing me money to go do this, but it's just me. So why don't I just go do it? Now, mm-hmm. if you had a partner, you would be like, oh, shit, I really don't want to waste Corey's time. Right. I don't want to go. And so that I think that's a huge driver for like when you're working with somebody else. It holds mm-hmm. you personally accountable. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, you know, I see, I see Justin and uh, man, Justin should sponsor this this episode. We mentioned him like four <laughs> times. Well, hey, Justin, if you're hearing this, <laughs> yeah, seriously, he's so been kind I, of a pivot for us, though. I feel like a lot of stuff that you and I have interacted with has been around Justin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess yeah. same circles in Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. So I think their setup, uh, him and John, I think they're perfect. Like, uh, yep. Justin is really great at marketing, selling. Yep. Uh, yep. And then John is great at development. So I think it's a perfect match. And I think somebody introduced them, which is another plus, you know, because mm-hmm. it's, it's harder if you go on your own and find somebody. And it's much easier if somebody said, hey, you know, maybe you should meet Corey. You know, he's a developer. Da, 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 da. You guys yep. will, you know, I think work good together. And I think they go back even before starting Transistor, you know, so. That's I think cool. it was yeah, no, very good. Yeah. So, that's part of that um, organic side of things too. Mm-hmm. That. So like, that's one thing I've been very big on right now, which is um, I have some, let's say animosity towards venture capital that I'm trying to root out of my system because mm-hmm. that doesn't, that's just negative juju. But sure. um, I, I just really feel like, so I created this website called organic.ventures and I was going to ask you about it, man. <laughs> I have it on yeah. my list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so I'm, I'm just very much like, even in like co-founding in, um, co-founding is a good example, you know, succeeding in business. There's something inherently, it's hard. It's not easy. You still have to do a lot of work, mm-hmm. but there's a lot more value in kind of like letting things organically happen as you're like going along and being more open to that. And one of my concerns with venture capital sometimes is that it makes, it allows for like artificiality a lot of times. And it's kind of like steroids or fertilizer um, where, you know, does, would steroids make you super muscular and get you Mm -hmm. in shape really fast? Absolutely. But there's certainly some downsides to that. Um, And so I, I, I'm really starting to see the benefits of like, um, not trying to be fake about stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously, but letting things kind of happen in a natural way. So, and what that means is like, then as a founder, you need to be very objective about the truth and what you're looking for about what's going to make mm-hmm. your business float, um, or sink. Right. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. I, I there's a, one yeah. thing, uh, I'm going to interrupt you real quick. You said you're going to Japan, right? In a, yeah. Right. Yep. So I've heard this. I, I, I have to paraphrase or just to explain what the thing is. But mm-hmm. I've heard this before that uh, the Japanese and if somebody's listening, please correct me. Um, so the Japanese, they if if a human hasn't really touched something like a, a garden or something, it's not natural. Right. Mm-hmm. So if they haven't gone over and like made it like it should be, then it's not natural. 
So in a way we have to tinker, we have to sort of, you know, like I have the same thing that you're saying, you know, where I, I want everything to be organic and natural, but at the same time, like we have to sort of build that garden, like structure it. And maybe it's artificial in a way, but it's not like done by nature. You know, that's what I'm trying to say. It's, it didn't just happen to be there. So human came in and organized it in a way so that nature could flourish in its own way, you know? So I have this yeah. sort of same sort of conflict, you know, in, in myself where I'm like, you know, trying to have everything organically happen and done. But at the same time, like, I think, I think, again, I'm going back to VC money because I was looking last night at Y Combinator. It was the deadline. I didn't apply. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was looking at that. And I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe these people, some of them there, like they would align with what I'm trying to do. And maybe that will help me flourish in whatever yeah. way that is that, that maybe that's a positive pressure, you know, because yeah. we're always thinking like, you know, VC will come in and, you know, we're thinking about this person, like, I guess I do about this person <laughs> that would come in like with guns drawn, you know, saying, where's the hundred thousand MRR this month? You know, no, no, maybe no, no. it's not like that, you know? So I don't know. No, no, I, so absolutely like i love y combinator y combinator right. is ama is amazing and I, I think it's like an institution at this point it's like the next uh you know ivy league school sure. it's it's the future of um and 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 true like i think one of the biggest benefits of finding let's say a good backer of your business and finding somebody that believes in you mm -hmm. like you know is they're gonna they want you to succeed they, so they're gonna like teach you right. what you need to know. They're going to connect you with people. They're going to make sure you have the right work ethic and the right mission and all these things. Right. right? And so mm -hmm. that's one beautiful thing about venture capital. Absolutely. Um, and, 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 and the other thing I realized and kind of like, let's say I've talked to like, I actually talked to Ryan Hoover recently for his weekend fund project about Blurt um, and talking to that venture capitalist. I also talked to like Tyler Tringas of Earnest Capital mm -hmm. once a little bit. And one thing that people really look for is like a vision, right? Mm -hmm. Like a, something bigger than just like another writing app. Right. <laughs> and so that's one thing that's difficult with bootstrapping is like with, with venture backed things, you can go really big, right? Mm -hmm. Cause you're going to have the time and the money and you have people believing in you to want to make that happen. And that's very exciting. And that's awesome. That's also why a lot of great things happen from Y Combinator. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but then there's the flip side where it's like as a bootstrapper, it's difficult to, let's say, be sufficient. Which, and what I mean by that is like, if you're not making enough money, then you're going to run out of time to do anything. Right. Yeah. So your entire like operation is just different. And you can have mm -hmm. some big vision that you're trying to get to, but initially it's more just like the bottom line. <laughs> it is, man. And like, you know, driving here, I was thinking like, you know, this was one of the topics I was thinking about, like, are there many out there like bootstrappers, solo founders that are really making it like big, right? You know, not doing anything else. I don't know if there's many, to be honest. Or maybe we don't know them. I don't know. So that's why. So what's funny is I don't know if you saw the other. Like I think it was last week. I I discovered this uh, DHH talk um, from like a year, like ten years ago. Two thousand eight or something, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I might have, might might have come across that. Yeah. And it's amazing talk. Anyways, he retweeted it. But the reason I actually shared it is because in there he talks about how kind of what I was saying earlier, which is something that's weird that he said 10 years ago, which is that there's just not enough people building nice Italian restaurants. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what he means by that is like, I don't, 
I'm not trying to change the world and build this next food chain that's like McDonald's around the world. I just sure. want to build another nice Italian restaurant, you know, like right. another sure. one. In it. And I, so I, and that was why I tweeted that. I was like, how many nice Italian restaurants are there? We don't really hear about them. I mean, mm -hmm, even mm -hmm, Justin, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Justin is like the paramount of what all of us are trying to achieve, right? Like this guy, mm -hmm. Justin's been at it for like years. He's right. on Twitter. He's all over the place. He's super smart in his thinking. And even still, him and John are like, not, I'm not going to say they're struggling by any means. Sure, sure. I not, get you. They're not like, um, it's not easy. <laughs> mm -hmm, right. Um, and now I don't know what trade-offs, like maybe he's been offered money because, you know, I don't know, maybe he decided that they didn't want to get venture because they don't want to give up equity and things. I don't know. I mean, there's different ways that maybe they could have grown and become a bigger podcasting platform. Um, and, and so I agree, like, I, I find myself asking, like, that's actually one of the questions I wrote down is like, why are we doing this? Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with us? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I, I agree. Uh, let me see the questions here you send me. So, uh, yeah. Why do you want to bootstrap? Like, yeah, I, it sort of, it sort of happened to me like by accident, honestly, like I, it just, I found myself in it because I built a product, uh, spent a lot of money in it. I had a team and then I found myself working for clients, itching to make my next product. And the only way to do it was to teach myself coding and yep. just do it by myself. Like that was it. Yep. And yep. here I am talking about bootstrapping like a way of life because a lot of people uh, sort of think that it's, it's really great to do it. It is in a way, if you like have a product that is, you know, becoming successful, but just getting to that point is like, Oh my God, like it's so hard, you know, because you're working with clients, uh, consultancy on your, on your, on one side, yep. and then you're trying to yep. build this product, which at the end of the day, I think, um, you know, a lot of products also have their own luck. That's what I've come to believe Yep. because yep. I've released a similar product a couple of years ago when the market had less project management products and it didn't have the traction. It didn't have the attention it needed. And yep. here is Claritask, and I'm not working on it. It's bringing money every month. Um, I don't know. You know, sometimes I think we have to jump from product to product. Maybe yep. not change the entire thing that we're trying to do. Like, let's say I really like to make products that make people work better. So I'll do different products in that sense. But I'm yep. not going to do something like podcasting because um, I don't know it, you know. Or writing. Like, I like writing, but it's not like my... I don't want to help all the other writers write better, et right. cetera. I, I want right. to help other project managers work better. Yeah. So I don't so know where I, I was going with the thought, but yeah, bootstrap. I found myself in bootstrapping. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that one thing I've like in talking to fellow bootstrappers is I think one thing is like freedom is a big thing. Part mm -hmm. of it. Uh, it's not just freedom. It's like, I don't want to say control, but like, yeah. Um, it's very satisfying. It's a very satisfying feeling to build something and to think that you could add value to the world for other people and get paid to do that for a living. Sure. And you mm -hmm. and, and and you get direct reward for it. So one thing that I found frustrating was I don't like using the term because it sounds very like very very negative. But like you become a wage slave, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're you're helping somebody else benefit through your work, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And that becomes kind of kind of like frustrating. Now there's a trade-off, right? You have a salary, you have health mm -hmm. benefits, you have all these other things. But where I've resolved to is that that's not what I want from my life. I mean, I have one life and I'm willing to go on this journey to figure mm -hmm. out how to 
do this. Right, right, and, right, right. And uh, do you know Amy Hoy? I don't know. Uh, I do, yeah. You know. I was following her for ages, okay. yeah. She's, I mean, God, I, the more I read her stuff, I'm just like, holy, sh this is awesome. I mean, she, yeah. she has, I'm going to print out. So there's an article, I'll share it with you after we talk. Um, she tells the story about how basically when you're a consultant, you're enabling other people. And mm -hmm. what makers need is control. And uh, she tells the story about how there's a monkey and a cat and there's chestnuts in the fire and they want to eat them. Right. And the owner like put some chestnuts in there to roast them. And so the monkey asked the cat to go grab them because the, the cat has claws and won't burn their hand okay. in the chestnuts. And so the cat reaches them, hands it to the monkey, the monkey eats it and the cat's waiting for its turn to eat the chestnut. And all of a sudden the owner comes back in and they have to run away and they never got, you know, the cat never right. got. And she says the chestnuts are a lie. And that's kind of how it is as like a consultant or a maker or an employee of a company mm -hmm. is like, you're at the mercy of that person's. Yep. Pretty much. And, and now I'm very lucky. I love the client I'm working with. I love the product. I love the mission, but there's still that part of me. That's like, he's not giving me equity. He's not, uh, I'm, I'm just an employee and I'm, and I'm a professional. I do my job for him and I'm happy to get the flexibility and that mm -hmm. he trusts me, but I'm still missing that like ultimate side of things. And I probably would be a hell of a lot more driven if I was given equity, let's say in this business, mm -hmm. um, than just being paid a salary. Right. You right, know? right. Um, and I'm not even certain I would want equity in his business. I'm not saying that's what I need. I just mm -hmm. know that that, that has a totally different like incentive and motivation. Um, yeah. But also like, you know, what you're saying about being employed and running your pro your own product. Uh, I think like the reason we do what we do with our products is because we itch to build something, you know, yep. you know, while you're yep. working as a, an employee, you're like sort of thinking, this is what I was thinking all the time. It's like, Oh man, like, you know, I have all these ideas on the side that I want to tinker with and build them up. And then the money thing comes into play when you're thinking about, all right, so I want to keep doing this. How do I find a way to like monetize so I right. can keep doing it, you know? And it's right. not sort of the end goal. It's like the vehicle that takes you yes. this journey. So but, I, yeah. I started looking at my salary as, in, uh, as like raising money for my startup. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's, how, yeah. How I thought, that's how I thought about it. I mean, when, before I left my job, I was saving money and that was going to be mm -hmm. the like seed round was my salary that I was putting away. Right, right, so right. that's kind of the way to think about your consulting too. Right. I mean, obviously I, I think of it as a parachute. It's just slowing sure. my inevitable fall to the bottom. <laughs> and I'm, I'm smart enough that I'm not going to like crash and burn. I'm very blessed to have an amazing partner in my life who supports mm -hmm. me, you know, and, but I'm also trying to uphold my end of the deal. Like, I mean, I want a reasonable life. I don't, I'm sure. not even looking for like millions of dollars. I'm just looking for, and if that happens, awesome. I'm not going to like uh, complain about making a lot of money. I just want to be able to like do this as a living. That's all right, I want. Right. I just, you know, so, um, yeah, I think, I think what it is, dude, is that it's a little bit of a pipe dream to think that an investor is going to come and invest in you. Right. <laughs> um, and so right. when you, and, and because that's just unfortunately not how capitalism works. Mm -hmm. um, and the crux of the problem, this is the crux is you need something of value to invest in and you got to do that on your own. However you can right. raise the money, however you can get it built, however you can teach yourself, 
because nobody's going to do that for you. You got to right, do it right, for right. yourself. And, and that's, what's hard. That's, what's really hard. And, and there's a lot to learn. There's like life that happens, right? Like right. I know you, you have kid, kids. I and, do have, yeah, I have two kids. So it's much harder when you have kids. Yeah. Right, and so yeah. it's like, there's, there's a lot going, I mean, we come on Twitter and we talk about business and life sure. and self-help and all this, but there's just a lot more going on in life. And so pulling it off is tough. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I honestly, like in recent years, like I've, I've been working since I, I can't remember myself, you know, so uh, all these years I've, I've been, you know, being trying to like work hard and do all these things. And I've come to a conclusion that, you know, I, I've tweeted about this too. And I think we disagree on this a bit. Okay. <laughs> so, so my take is, is this, like I, I continue working hard as I would, but at the end of the day, I think we need to get lucky. And what do I mean by that no. is that. Uh, yes, we have to wake up every day and show up and knock on the door every day. Yep. But we can't be down on ourselves. If we gave everything that we got and then it didn't happen, we can't say, oh, I didn't do it right or you know, I didn't work hard enough. No, you did. But you still yep. need that little sprinkle of you know, opportunity and somebody's yep. saying something about you or some, some door opening you know, just out of the blue. So I think... Uh, being in this journey is very hard, like bootstrapping and trying to uh, have something happen out of your product. But at the end of the day, I think it's good to be counting on luck a bit and just be welcoming of it if it happens. Yeah, you know? I absolutely agree. I mean, yeah. uh, Naval, you know Naval. Um, yes, I don't follow him, uh, but okay. yeah. I'm a huge fanboy, <laughs> for yeah. better or worse. <laughs> he's, he's become a little bit like... Uh, almost of a religion for some people. So I can understand sure. why some, some people are despising. <laughs> I but see his tweets. Yeah. He has a really good, uh, he talks about luck and I agree. Mm -hmm. I a hundred percent agree. Like, um, that's a really good point too. Right? Like I yeah. basically where I've arrived is smart work. And I say smart work, not hard work because mm -hmm. smart work is hard also. Yes. Can you hear me? Hey, you cut off, man. Uh oh, did you, did I, lose you? I lost you like a, a minute. You were saying smart work. Okay. Yeah, smart work uh, is required, but it guarantees nothing. So like mm -hmm. there's, there's a whole world of things. Like we have this misconception that we control our destinies, but there's like the world. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot going against us. Like if, if, you're, like if, if you're in a difficult life situation or just in the wrong environment, you're not going to get the opportunities and things that you need to succeed. Exactly, yeah. Um, that was partially why I, I'm happy that I left my job because I wasn't going to be this entrepreneur sitting behind a desk protected with a salary. Mm -hmm. I needed to jump off the cliff and be scared for my life and to fi start figuring things out. Right. You know? Um, but anyways, Naval talks about there's different kinds of luck. There's blind luck which is like dumb luck. Mm -hmm. um, there's luck that comes through persistence, which is just kind of like, he says, uh, fortune favors the bold. Right. right. Okay. Then there's spotted luck, which is kind of like you are prepared. And so you can notice opportunities, right? Mm. So like you kind of, so that's more like, that's how I think like venture capital kind of works too, right? Because they're kind of up at the top mm -hmm. and they're able to see everything. So they're able to like increase their odds. Sure. Um, mm -hmm. And then the fourth kind, which is like the, the best kind is luck that finds you. So mm -hmm. it stops, it basically becomes deterministic. So like Warren Buffett's a good example of that. Like people would bring him deals because they trust him. And so, yeah. so part of it is like, 
it's a process like every day improving who you are mm -hmm. getting people to trust you becoming somebody that's trustworthy um creating real value or at least trying to discover what that is i think all of those things inevitably increase your odds let's say of something good happening yeah um it's not like an overnight thing it's not even an idea it's not even blurt it's like this mm -hmm. process of like uh, or clear task right like sure. clear mm -hmm. task is eventually going to become something that gets you where you need to go but it may mm -hmm. not be what it is today sure. get there sure 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 no um, i definitely agree I, you know like whenever i talk to my friends some of my friends and i say you know you got to get lucky they're like oh you know nothing's gonna happen to you if you just sit around no i'm not talking about sitting around you know you still right. have to knock on the door and like you're saying you know if you're like constantly doing that you're gonna be aware of something happening that's different out of ordinary yep. and saying okay so this this might be it you know, like a new client coming in or some some VC money or whatever, you know, like, I don't know. Yep. I'm talking a lot about VC but, money, man. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I think I'm about to apply to Y Combinator. Even it's like, on your mind. Yeah. yeah, I mean, deadline is over. It's still open for some reason. Like, you can apply. <laughs> but uh, looking at the questions, I'm like, hmm, like, I have the answers to these questions, you know? Like, I have some revenue. I have some clients, some traction, some of this, some of that, some experience, some knowledge of the, uh, the industry. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I might, it could help the product, honestly, a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, um, absolutely. It would be much pressure for me, but I don't know if that would be a bad thing. Like that would be good. I don't know. Well, and it's opportunity as well. Right. I mean, absolutely. You, yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. you would, so that's like, you know, that's like why moving to San Francisco or some of these cities mm -hmm. now, the cost is crazy, but like, there's a reason to go to places where all these like smart, brilliant people are. Cause yeah. That's what I was thinking. You know, these people are so smart. Just hanging out with them, like you could probably learn. Even if nothing happens out of your product, like you would learn yeah. so much with whatever oh, next you do. You know, like this book. I have it on my desk because I always love it. Rob right. Fitz wrote Montest YC Combinator. I mean Y Combinator. You know what I mean? So like, okay, right, he yeah. he was in a Y Combinator company. I mean, there's so many brilliant people that go mm -hmm. through there because you're just exposed to like great ideas. And, right. Um, it's it's absolutely a benefit. Um, if yeah, it's just. It's just the, like you said, like making sure that you have like a good reason to go there for them to want to invest in you or, or to bring you in as part of the, you know, opportunity. Right. Um, I mean, one thing that's hard with these sort of uh, investors is that they're always looking for number one, like sort of uh, they're looking for the number one product that's going to kill Facebook. So it can be another Facebook. It has to right. be the next say, Facebook, you know, so you have to pull that off somehow or uh, kill the entire hotel industry with Airbnb and stuff like that, you know? So that becomes like another game. I don't know. Yeah. I, so that's, that's what's weird to me too, is like, it's, I, I, I had this realization with Blurt. Like when people discover Blurt, you, you probably mm -hmm. see this too with Claritask, like it's their first time seeing it, right? Like it's their first time discovering this thing. And when you see something for the first time, you're like, oh, that's brilliant. Like Allbirds, you know, like when I saw mm -hmm. the Allbirds, I was like, oh, that's amazing. Right. But then you hear the story about how Allbirds came to be. And it was like a seven year journey yeah. to become what it is today. Right. And, and that's, what's kind of frustrating. I think is like, we're all kind of like, Oh, I just need this one idea. I just need this thing that like mm -hmm. YC wants to invest in, but I just don't think it's how it works. I think it's like, uh, it's this journey. Like eventually you're going to like stumble upon through your consulting work, some opportunity that mm -hmm. your business, like they have a problem and you're like, Oh man, like that's an opportunity. Right. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Or just, just your work ethic and Claritask eventually gets you the right client. I mean, there's 
7 billion people on earth and I've probably touched like less than 0.02% of all people with blur. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, it's just, it's sometimes it's a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, there was a good article I, I just shared, uh, not on Twitter, but in another group I'm in about how it says like founders that are like 30 plus, we've seen these articles mm-hmm. are more successful. I don't remember what exactly the headline was. Okay. Uh, but one of the arguments was just that there's obviously less of them that are able to like, do ventures, but they just mm-hmm. have, they're, they're socioeconomically more capable. Mm-hmm. Um, they have more money. They also probably have a larger network. They have more right. wisdom. So, so it makes a lot of sense why that might be true. Sure, um, sure, sure. So, yeah, I just think it's like not giving up, like mm-hmm. just enjoying, enjoying the journey, growing as a person, kind of doing it for yourself. Um, and, and then maybe eventually, and, and, you know, like why see, like, I think that's stereotypical for people to invest in like younger people because younger people are kind of naive sometimes as well. Sure. Um, there's, def- there's definitely brilliant people, um, but there's something beautiful about like a young mind that's driven that can be kind of groomed and mm-hmm. grown. And, and that's why that's something enticing to invest in. Yeah. Um, I found well. it weird. Like they, they ask about like the gender and the age and all these kind of things. Like, I'm like, Oh, wow. So, yeah. It's pretty cool. But I, I don't think it precludes it. So. Yeah, I don't think so. I think they want to get a better sense of who you are, like where you stand, like, you know, with your ideas and everything. But hey, one thing I wanted to ask you, I, I have this on my notes, and this could probably be the last thing. It's, I think it's an hour okay. we're talking, right? So yeah. uh, one thing that's been floating around is like the transparency thing, like how, yep. how transparent should you be? And, you know, if it's good or if it's bad and what are your thoughts on it? I haven't seen you like tweet about this much maybe at all i don't know i mean where do you stand mm-hmm. like is it good that we're sharing so much online is it bad like what do you think about that? oh yeah i love yeah i remember you and i talked about this briefly on maybe it was mega maker about like the slash open pages um, okay and, and i remember you were asking something similar like why are we doing this yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i i thought that was great i loved it because i kind of got to like so for a while I was sharing the open page. I was really, mm-hmm. I, I love Joel Gascoigne of Buffer and, but you know, they started the whole open movement sure. and they're like, obviously like the epitome of transparent companies. Um, also as a startup employee, I was always kind of frustrated that I didn't really know what was going on behind the scenes. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it sucks a little bit as an employee that you're at the mercy of like what's going on with the company. So it's yeah. nice when you see these transparent companies, cause you kind of, it just takes a lot of the like guesswork out of, your welfare really um but then then kind of a similar thing happened where i was sharing these updates every month on twitter like this month i did this right right um and i made this much money and i'm facing these problems and i was just kind of like why am i like part of the driver for wanting to do that was like the accountability so like if i was sharing mm-hmm. this every month it was kind of like telling the world like hey blurt is this thing it's gonna make money and by sharing this every month i'm kind of like committing to the system right. like growing it Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was kind of like, well, it's, it's also kind of like self-seeking in a way, which I didn't mm-hmm. like. So I was kind of like, I, it, I, I liked it because of the accountability thing, but then, then obviously blurts kind of like stagnated in growth. Um, mm-hmm. and I just felt like it was kind of like the same thing every month. So I kind of stopped really doing that. Now there's still an open page. I'm all about that. Like, I think it's like helpful from the point of view that, people realize like, is this thing valuable? Right. So like, if you're, Mm -hmm. if you're being honest as a founder, I think it's good to be transparent about where you're at because it just kind of like is honest and the truth is valuable to you as a founder. So if it's not growing, (laughs) 
what's wrong, right? And it, 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 it's in your interest to share the truth because that uh, will get you where you need to be. So I'm pretty open about transparency um, from that point of view because I think the truth is more valuable than anything. Um, but is it hurting you in a way? Like, you know, like uh, I'm targeting like businesses, you know, enterprises. And like, even though the reason I do it is I sort of want to leave this this trail behind where, you know, somebody doing the same thing, maybe they can learn or me looking at it like 20 years later and I'll look at it and say, oh, wow, look, all these dumb things that I've done, you know, maybe that's the reason I'm doing it. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to make Claritas come to like 10K MRR. And here I am pitching to an enterprise client who might bring in hundred people in inside of Claritas, then go see like, oh, it's making $200 per month. Like, are these guys for real? Like, this is a joke. Like they, they're not in the same circles that we are where we think like, oh, you know, this came about out of nothing and 200 right. is a lot of money. But he says like, what 200? That's like my toilet paper for a day. Like, right. like you know what I mean? Well, that's I how know, I feel. But, yeah. yeah. I feel that way with Blur. I mean, I'm making, I mean, it's $700 a month. Really? That's silly. I mean, I know. I mean, it's like, it's impressive in some ways. Now, if I still had a desk job, I'd be like, sweet, $700 a month. Sure. So, <laughs> Extra. You know? so uh, but from like, and especially to like investors too, like investors are like, come on, man. Like that's like, you gotta like, yeah. you gotta do a little more than that. Right. Um, so I do agree. I, I think it does hurt you in some ways. Like if a, if a company comes to you and they're like, you're only making $700 a month, they're like, well, like, is this really valuable? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I think some of it's just how you sell it to people. Like, yeah, I'm only at $700 because I don't have you as a client yet. <laughs> right. That's a good point. <laughs> If you come in, I'll be at 10K. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And you're no, honest. You're, right. you're like, you're like, look, dude, I'm bootstrapping this fucking thing. Excuse I know. Me. I, 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 I want you because I'm going to learn and I'm going to work. And that's the selling point, right? Yeah. Like I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to do whatever I can to make you succeed. And so. Right, right, right. That's, this is kind of the organic ventures thinking, right? It's like this honesty, this truth mm -hmm. drives you to do what you must do. Um, you know, yeah. like there will be, there will be a day of reckoning for anything that's just like fake. Right. Mm -hmm. So like if you're just because, and it works, unfortunately, like the way society works, like as soon as you get the Y Combinator stamp, mm -hmm. people think you're legit and that helps you. And that's sure, sure, sure. for, for better or worse. Uh, the struggle that you have as a bootstrapper is that you got to legitimately build something that's like of value. Yeah, I think the, the benefit of it is that things are in the open, people start noticing you, they're noticing the hard work, and then when you have the small wins, they're, they're you know, congratulating you. So you're creating this sort of history that hopefully, yeah. once you come to that point where you're successful, looking back, that would seem like very, you know, more glorious than it does right now, in a way. That's a really good point, yep. Right? So, yeah. I mean, you're making me like, as we're speaking, like I was, I'm about to like pull everything in, like sort of keep it very private just for my friends, our own circles, Mega Maker, Twitter, but not like out in the open where somebody searches in Google and then, you know, they can find out everything and anything. So hearing you out on that, I'm like, hmm, maybe, maybe I should just, you know, let people see you bleed as you do day in, day yeah, out. And I, I don't know. I, I think it's also a personal choice. Like, I could be absolutely shooting myself in the foot with this thinking, mm -hmm. right? Um, 
Absolutely. I mean, it could be to a fault that I'm trying to be honest, but, um, but at the end of the day, I want to work with people that value that in me. Right. So Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I don't want somebody that I can fool. I want somebody that actually thinks that I'm useful, that I'm actually a value to them. And so it's kind of like, you have to be willing to give that up a little bit at, at realizing that what you get out of that Mm -hmm. honesty. No, it's definitely going to attract uh, clients that are, you know, early innovators, sort of like trying to adopt your product and they don't care, you know, they they love the product. They exactly. don't care if, if you don't exist tomorrow. But yep. I, I'm noticing as people, they're, they're moving like up market and trying to get more bigger clients. They're thinking, you know, even Justin, like, I don't know if you've heard like his, one of his recent shows, they were talking about the same thing with John mm-hmm. about, you know, where do we, when do we stop sharing all these numbers? Because we're getting scrutinized we like our competition is looking at the numbers and they're saying you know hey it's a podcast hosting platform we can build that so for those things i guess it can start hurting you but then again you know hearing you say that like i've had a lot more benefits from really being honest and open like i literally went to a big client who's like one of the biggest clients that i have and they're like so how many people are you guys right now and like i almost like I almost lied, honestly. And I said, it's just me, man. Like, he's like, are you serious? Like, this is great. Like, you won the other side. I'm like, all right, that's a relief, you know? Yeah. So that was a good thing. And then, you know, you're going to have those people who are going to say like, oh, you're on your own? Okay, so we'll talk some other time, maybe. I don't know. Right. And I've had that, I've had that with Blurt. Like, I've had some customers that are like, hey, like, I think you're awesome and I love what you're doing, but part of me is just a little concerned that you're going to be gone tomorrow or that you're not going to fix my bugs because you're just one person. Right. So what that tells me though, as so like what you have to do is you have to take that feedback uh, and evaluate what that means. And so what that tells me is like, maybe I'm doing too much for one person, right? Maybe I need to figure out a way to do less that Hmm. still has the same benefit. Right. Like, like a less is more kind of mindset. Um, so, mm-hmm. and that sucks, right? Because I know, for example, with Claritask, you're thinking task management uh, mm-hmm. platform, you know, like this project management platform, but that's, that might be, now it's totally ambitious and it's fucking impressive that you've mm-hmm. done what you've done, but maybe that's a little too much for one person. Mm-hmm. Right, right, um, right. Or, or you need to figure out the venture, you know, opportunity to like get the team to, to do what you got to do. But that's right. kind of how I look at it. And that's what I'm saying with Blurt. Like where I'm at with Blurt is like, if I had venture and I could convince some venture capitalists, like this is, yes, the future of like helping people write more and capture their thoughts and improve the world through sharing great sure. ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the greater mission, right? I could go do that, but I don't know if that's where I'm at or what I want to do. And so what I need to do now is like figure out, well, what business or product is actually going to do that. And that mm-hmm. might be a little smaller from where I'm at with Blurt today. Right. And then time, you know, like one thing that I have, like one of the the sort of things that I'm working on myself is like, I rush sometimes so much. And then when I go slower, I'm amazed at how many things were done, you know, for those little steps that I did. So what I do, like sometimes I get burned out and like, I have all these ideas about Claritask. And then the way I come sort of, I focus, I say, you know what, I'm just going to write one little function. That's going to be the end of the day. And then I yep. do that and then I do another thing and another thing. So it's sort of like, it starts snowballing. And yep. I think we just have to take our time and this is a long journey, you know, like it's super long. Yep. We have to understand yep. that. And I think it really matters that you pick the product that you really like. 
Yep. I haven't read the mom test. Um, I've heard a lot of things about it. One thing I'm, I'm against, I'm not, I'm not saying that book says that, but one thing I'm against is like, all right, so I'm going to look for the opportunities where people are responding most and I'm going to do that product. And that's for me, it's not going to work because if I don't like that product, I'm not going to be successful with it. Yep. I don't, yep. don't want to find myself working on a product, even if it makes millions and like I end up hating it. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. what's the point? That was, I, I, that was a tweet I had this week. There's this concept called Ikagi. It's a Japanese right. uh, word for like finding mm-hmm. your purpose. Yeah. And it's, I think this is kind of related to what you're saying, right? Like, I agree. This is why it's so hard, dude. This is right. why it's hard. I mean, it's not like you just see the opportunity and you go do it. You also got to care and like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and there needs to be luck and timing, right? This is why it's so fucking hard to be an entrepreneur. It's not easy, you know? But I, like, think, I think like we're, uh, I don't know, like we, we have to invent a new name, man. Because I have a friend. Yeah, I agree. I have a friend who like has, I mean, he has a ton of, ton of money. His family has a ton of money, but he has all these side businesses. And he's like, oh right. man, I'm going to buy this restaurant. I'm like, do you know anything about restaurants? He's like, no, man, but it's making a lot of money. <laughs> they don't know how to run it. I'm like, dude, like, how are you going to do that? It's like, Doesn't I'm going to hire somebody. Yeah. And he, I think he's an entrepreneur. I think we're, yep. we got to invent a new name for us. Like we're, I agree. I agree. I don't know what we I never are. like, I never like maker. I kind of don't like bootstrapper. Mm. Um, I don't really solo founder works. I like founder. I don't know, but I agree. None of them really ca- capture the essence of yeah. what we're doing. Cause you're trying, you're, you're working on something. You're trying to bring something to the world and you get really excited when people start using it. You're not just opening a restaurant that makes like 10 million a month. Mm-hmm. and you don't know anything about it and you don't even like food maybe you know i don't right. know so yeah name. i i so i i actually think what you're going through is similar to kind of like where i'm at with stuff where it's like i part of me is kind of like coming to the point where i'm trying to like understand how the world works mm-hmm. where i'm not necessarily opposed to building something because i see the opportunity but mm-hmm. the problem with that is that eventually you're going to run into the same problems and you're going to get burned mm-hmm. out and so you need something that's going to like get you over <laughs> the hump. So you need yeah. to, you need to have some kind of like bigger mission or vision or whatever the hell it is that's going to drive you. Um, for some people, that's just money, right? Like that's just surviving. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they'll go build a WordPress plugin. And I can't do that. I just, sure. I'm not, you know, wired that way. Um, but yeah, me neither. It's, I think it's a problem. So it's, um, I don't know if it's a good problem, but yeah. And I think my, okay. oh man, my, I think my, I'm going to run out of space from yeah. the recording this okay. on Zoom. I was so. just, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was going to say we're, we're going long, um, but this has been a really good talk. Yeah, man. Uh, so uh, maybe we'll pick up next time, like a couple sure. of months down the line and see uh, if we got the YC money <laughs> or whatever yeah, one of us will be venture back uh, <laughs> or one of us opened up a coffee shop or some restaurant i was thinking that <laughs> or something that is really completely out there like um johnny on the spot because he makes a lot of money in concerts or something <laughs> i don't know yeah there's cool, a metaphor i don't know how much time you have i just want to say this real quick sure, sure about, yeah, go I, I i started rock climbing and mm-hmm. it was kind of related to what you said about slowing down and I, I, i'm trying to embrace this more but when you rock climb, you there's this tendency when you start to like hold on for your dear life and you point it under mm-hmm. the wall because you don't want to fall. It's terrifying and you're up high. But the good climbers, what you learn is you lay back. You, uh, because when you're clenched up to the wall, you're sure. scared and you're wasting all this energy. And so what you got to do is like lay back and you're looking around and you slow and you take your time and you think through what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And you're so mm-hmm. much more efficient 
And so right. I'm trying to like embody that in my life a little more where I'm like not wasting all this energy, not wasting all this time, not freaking out all the time. I'm like, just being a little more like, okay, what do I got to do here? How am I going to figure this right. out? Right. And maybe it's time to stop sometimes, you know, like I look at my consultancy work as uh, maybe a sign from the universe that I have to really let this thing be on its own, not yep. rush it, you know? And it's, I think yep. it's good. It's very important that we do things that don't have to do anything with our product because you find all these analogies, like all these metaphors yep. that will help you ultimately. Yep. So yeah, that's really cool, man. But this was a good talk, man. Dude, um, amazing. Yeah. I learned I, <laughs> a couple of things, which I'm yeah, going to try to, yeah. All right, cool, man. Keep, keep, up, keep up the fight, man. I'm excited to see where you end you up. You too, man. You too. Uh, let's do this maybe six months from now. Okay. And see where we I'm are. I'm totally down. <laughs> All cool, right. Man. Take care, Good man. Chatting. All right. All right bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.